G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Paul, who was like a terrorist mm. trying to kill Christian. You look at the lives of all of the apostles. If you study their lives, you discover that within the space of a week being together, they should have killed each other. <laughs> they were so contrary and so conflicted. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We often read the Bible and learn about the heroes mentioned there, but really most of the men in the Bible were anything but heroes. Many of them did dreadful things. The Bible really does show humanity in its highs and its lows, and we sometimes wonder how could God use such people? <laughs> Actually, you don't have to read. You only have to read in a few chapters, and you kind of go, six chapters in, and he's wiping the whole world yeah, out, yeah. you know? And then from from those few remaining who themselves, straight after the flood, even though, I mean, mm. Noah got drunk straight away. That's right, yeah. I mean, you kind of think, oh, good Lord. Mm. He is a good Lord and he had nothing <laughs> good in humanity to use. Uh, yeah, it's it, Genesis is a really quite a stretch to your, to your brain to understand these people that God used, and they did some appalling things. Uh, one of the things that I always find uh, a little bit frustrating and almost hard to comprehend is when people say that, the Bible, being a Jewish book, is actually very racist because they claim themselves to be a chosen people. In other words, they think they're better than everybody else. But the Bible explicitly goes on to detail every sin and failing and mm. every uh, condemnation, every every grievance and every warning and judgment that God brought, God brought on to them. So if it's a racist book, they've done a really bad job <laughs> of presenting themselves <laughs> as, a, right, yeah. as a holy people. Yeah. I mean, they're holy and select because God decided to do that, certainly not because mm. they deserved it. Um, and here's the thing. If God had decided to choose Australians as being his chosen and people, and then wrote a book about us, every sin and failing and weakness would also be detailed, mm. and then the rest of the world would consider us racist, and yet there's there's nothing pure and holy and perfect about mm. us. That's right. So if you take a look at the book of Genesis and all the men listed there, you come away thinking they're, they're all baddies, and you start off with Abraham. Abraham, in Genesis 12, he actually set up his own wife. Uh, he was so worried about losing his own life, Pharaoh took Sarai mm. to add to his own harem, yeah. and and Abraham was quite happy to just palm her off as his sister. Yep. And then L- and lied about it, <laughs> and, lied, and he actually even justified it. Said, "Well, you know, she is my wife, but she is actually my half sister." Isaac did exactly the same thing mm-hmm. in Genesis 26. I mean, we were just talking about the role of women in the Bible in in a previous uh, couple of programs. And how God had elevated women and that women were to be protected and defended and cherished and loved to the point where a man would actually give up his life. And here, here it is, Abraham's life is on the line and he's, no, shit, got nothing to do with her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was terrible. Jacob was a multi-offending deceiver mm. and his two sons, uh, Simeon and Levi, 
they actually, as an act of revenge when their sister Dinah was raped and then the offender wanted to actually marry her, says to the whole city of Shechem at the time that, yeah, okay, you can only marry if all, all the guys get circumcised. So they did. And then while they're all in pain recovering, Simeon and Levi went in and slaughtered the mm. whole town. Yeah. Reuben? Reuben was Jacob's firstborn. He actually tried to undercut his father's own authority as head of the family by sleeping with one of his concubines. That is appalling. Mm. Judah? Judah. He actually frequented prostitutes. And his daughter-in-law, Tamar, who should have been a recipient of the laws of Leverite marriage um, when her own husband, Reuben's sons, died, uh, she she was being basically sidelined. So she pretends to be a prostitute. He requires her services. She gets pregnant and he's so indignant that she's prostituted mm. herself, he wants to kill her and burn her until he realises that he's actually the one who yeah. um, got her in that condition and realises, oh, she's not so bad after all. Yeah. I mean, you look at these these people in the Bible and you kind of go, how could God use these people? How could he possibly use these people? It really is a, a, an example of God's uh, grace and God's mercy as much as it is uh, anything else. It, it, it really is. But it, it, it's deeper in that God was even choosing people who and, and going countercultural to some of the traditions. Like who was supposed to be um, Jacob's heir? His firstborn, which was Reuben. But it turns out Reuben got sidetracked um, and, and missed, and then so did Simeon and Levi, who were next in line. Um, actually, Jacob chose uh, Joseph and adopted both of his two sons, um, Ephraim and Manasseh. But in the end, God actually chose Judah, despite the sin mm. and his bad behavior and what he did with Tamar. And from that, we get the line of the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. That's where Messiah comes yeah. from. It's all countercultural. He um, Esau was the firstborn, but God chose Jacob. Yeah. And when you look at the example, and his, this is a really good example. Um, God initially chose Saul to be king over Israel because he looked the part and he knew the people would be pleased with that. But Saul was flawed on the inside terribly. And then God rejected him, as we know, because of all of his sins and disobedience. But then God chose David, who was the youngest in his family, who was ruddy and a shepherd Mm. and, you know, a bit of a musician. You know, some would have thought (laughs) he was a bit of a softy. There's even been sort of thought that maybe he was illegitimate just based on uh, some different writings and what have you. So There are some who who think that way, yeah. I I, I haven't seen the evidence, but there is thought that way. But Mm. the the point is God chose him. Yeah. And there's there's a reason... That he does that. If he chose the people who looked the part, who were the natural inheritor, who had the natural giftings, the height, the breadth, the good looks, um, if they choose, chose all of those, when they achieved something wonderful, everybody would clap and applaud and say, look how wonderful they mm. are, look what they did. Yeah. The expectation is that their giftings their standing, their morality did all of these wonderful things and all the glory goes to them. But when God chooses somebody who's weak or lowly or reprobate or broken, who is a Moabitess like Ruth or a prostitute like Rahab or um, Judah, 
who frequented prostitutes and broke the laws of God with Leverite marriage and his sons, um, with Paul, who was like a terrorist mm. trying to kill Christians. Yeah. You look at the lives of all of the apostles. If you study their lives, you discover that within the space of a week being together, they should have killed each other. <laughs> they were so contrary and so conflicted. Yet it's when the Spirit of God, it's when God uses these people that's when God gets the glory because it couldn't possibly have been them. They couldn't have achieved these things. They were too broken. They were too sinful. They were too willful, too rebellious. It should not have succeeded. And the only reason it succeeded was because of what God did. Yeah. So I want to just finish with this one um, verse. It's from Mark seven thirty seven, and it's with regard to the apostles. And again, if study their lives and you'll find how different they were. They really shouldn't have got along. But because of what Jesus did in them, they changed the world. Mark 7.37 says, Of all the things that Jesus did in the lives of sinners, and that when people saw what he did, they were utterly astonished and saying, He has done all things well. In this way, God gets the glory because he uses the broken, the sinful, the willful, the rebellious, the unassuming, the weak, the frail. And he gets the glory for it. And as we see it in the lives of those in Genesis and right through the Bible, we see it in ourselves as well, which is wonderful. So he gets the, the glory for we, what he's doing in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Next time on Foundations, we're going to look at what prayer looks like from a Jewish perspective. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 